Eternal Health, episode number seven. Listening to the Eternal Health Podcast, where we discuss God's great design for your life in body, mind, and spirit. Your host is Laura Rimmer, who's a plant-based nutritionist, author, speaker, and health coach. Looking for yoga tips or the latest protein shake recommendations? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. If you're ready for no-nonsense, multi-layered health expertise, drawing on evidence-based nutrition and biblical principles, welcome to Eternal Health. For show notes and to download your free 5-minute Optimum Health Scorecard, please visit laurarimmer.com. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to Eternal Health and I'm here with episode number 7 today. I've had a really good week. Eternal Health is really gaining some traction. I had an interview this week with a magazine and next week I'm going on a radio show to talk about Eternal Health and to give my testimony and how I come to be, uh, to be a Christian and my path of um, of health and this, this whole journey into natural health and well-being and incorporating the three aspects of our health, body, mind and spirit. So, so that's quite exciting. Now, last week we talked about the alkaline diet and how and why it's based in solid science and not quackery, because a lot of people will think that this concept of the alkaline diet, maybe you've heard of it, maybe you haven't, but it's it's a, a popular notion, a controversial topic in the diet and health industry. And as I say, a lot of people think that it's um, it's not rooted in science. So we looked at that last week. So do go back and listen to episode number six if you haven't already. Now, this week is an interesting topic. It's one that's relevant to all of us. And that is how much should we exercise for life and health? So we're going to be talking all about physical exercise, but with a real focus on how much should we be doing for living life to the fullest so not just training for some kind of event not for physical beauty you know having the body beautiful the ideal body we're talking about exercise for life and I totally appreciate that you're busy you've probably got limited time you know who's got hours and hours and hours to spend at the gym and and that kind of stuff so if you're into bodybuilding for competitions if you're into doing a lot of events sporting events and competitive kind of um, sports and athleticism that's not going to be the focus of of this topic we're going to be talking much more about practical tips and and benefits and reasoning behind exercise for your life your busy life Exercise is something that's really played a big role in my life and to give you a little bit of background I've been exercising consistently kind of week on week on pretty much on a daily basis for 17 years now and specifically I do a lot of running so I've done over 50 endurance events so things like half marathons, marathons, one ultra marathon, triathlons so I've had a yeah a long career if you like in exercise I really really enjoy it and I've pretty much stayed injury free throughout those 17 years so I'm going to give you some tips on how how we're able to exercise over the long term without being injured without burning out without 
without it being really stale and boring. So how to, yeah, how to do that. But exercise, just so you know, has been a bit of a love-hate relationship um, in my life because for some of those 17 years, I've not always got it right on the exercise front. I've either done too much or not not really enjoyed it or gone into it too heavy. Um, and at other times prior to the 17 years, I really didn't exercise at all. So it's been a real journey for me, the journey of exercise and getting to a state of, of really good health. So hopefully I can give you some information, some tips, some help, some advice that will help you to exercise in a really healthy, practical way, fitting around your busy lifestyle um, and also in a, in a godly way. So why is exercise important? Well, you probably don't need me to tell you that it has beneficial effects on our physical health. You know, it kind of yeah, it's, it's pretty obvious and it's been long known the benefits on physical health. But also exercise has been shown to have a great effect on our mental health and also it can be incorporated into our spiritual health. So exercise done in the right way has a truly beneficial effect on body, mind and spirit. And just to give you a few facts on where we're at kind of right now in terms of our health and things... Two thirds of Americans are currently overweight and clinical forecasts suggest that by 2030, if we're still around, if Jesus hasn't returned, over half of the population will be, be obese. So that's uh, that's massive, no pun intended, but um, half of the popula population will be obese in 2030. So obviously there's a big problem here in our society with being overweight and that's related somewhat to inactivity and a lack of exercise, although not entirely as we'll, we'll look at. But as well as being a factor in our physical health, exercise also has big effects, as I mentioned, on our mental health. So studies have shown that exercise can help with mental health, cognitive health, so our ability to reason, to concentrate, our memory, all that kind of stuff, our sleep quality, our immune function, it can help with cancer prevention, it can help lower blood pressure, and that's just a few benefits of, of regular moderate exercise. And just to reference a study which backed the fact that exercise is, is helpful on our mental health up, there was a study done by J.A. Blumenthal et al., called Exercise and Pharmacology in the Treatment of Major Depressive Disorder, they discovered that exercise is as helpful as antidepressant tablets in making depression go into remission, so basically reversing depression in patients. But the interesting thing is it's rarely prescribed by doctors. Doctors will much more often prescribe medicine than exercise, which is the sad fact, really. So we know exercise is good and really the burning question we need to be asking is how much? How much do we need to be exercising? Do we need to be exercising every single day of the week? Do we need to be exercising three times a week? Do we need to be exercising for 20 minutes at a time, 30 minutes at a time, an hour at a time? Do we need to do low intensity exercise, high intensity exercise? Do we need to do cardiovascular exercise, strength training, a combination of the two? 
and what type of exercise, all these questions. And really our aim is to find the perfect exercise for us that's going to give us the balance of not being too time um, sapping. So it will have to fit in with our busy life. It's also sustainable and it's enjoyable and beneficial. So we want to find something that's going to fulfill all of those things. So let's start with looking at how much we should exercise. Well, both the CDC, which is the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in the US, and in the UK, the National Health Service, the NHS, both recommend that exercise of 150 minutes per week is advisable. And they state that as being 150 minutes of moderate aerobic activity, such as cycling or brisk walking every week, and strength exercises on two or more days a week that work all the major muscles. And that's straight from the NHS website. However, there is evidence to show that actually this recommendation is far, far too low. And what both these organizations are doing is kind of dumbing down their recommendations to try and make it um, achievable by everybody. But this isn't actually the most beneficial amount of exercise per week. So the next question is, okay, so if they're giving us like the minimum basic requirement, what is actually the best recommendation of exercise, the amount of exercise we should be doing on a weekly basis? Well, there was a large study done by Samit, Egger and Zwalen, which took data from 80 studies with over 1.3 million participants. And this is what it found. And this was about um, physical activity and cause of mortality so death rates related to physical activity and they found that walking for 40 minutes a day is twice as beneficial at lowering mortality rates as walking 20 minutes per day and to take it one step further it even showed that walking for 60 minutes a day was more beneficial than walking for 40 minutes a day so that's much higher isn't it than the recommendation of 150 minutes a week that's actually what seven six of the 42 that's 420 minutes a week so yeah three and a half times more than the the guidelines so an hour a day roughly let's let's work with that figure an hour a day is what we should be aiming for now that to you to me it might sound like a lot right are you thinking to yourself there's no way I can fit in an hour of exercise every day I've got kids I've got busy things to do I've you know I just don't have time after I finished work and looked after the children and spent time with family and and whatever else got the tea ready I don't have time to do 60 minutes of exercise and I totally hear you if that's what you're saying but let's just remember that that study talked about walking so it's not talking about high intensity it's not talking about running for an hour a day although personally I love to do that but not every single day but as moderate and as low intensity as walking so that that opens up a lot of possibilities for us right there so we can walk for 60 minutes a day we can split that into two 30 minute sections so can you go walking first thing in the morning I like to do this you know get out of bed before breakfast go for a 30 minute walk just listen to some music maybe listen to some bible verses or an audio program a podcast first thing in the morning and then at lunchtime I might do another 30 minutes or 
after work, another 30 minutes. So you can split that hour up into shorter sections if necessary and do two 30 minute walks a day. But get this, it doesn't have to be something that that you do outside of the home or that will involve, you know, making a big concerted effort to go and do. It can be a type of exercise that can be incorporated in your everyday routine at home. So for example, housework, things like vacuuming. I don't know about you, but when I vacuum, it makes me quite warm. If I'm sat here quite cold and then I get up and do some vacuuming, it it definitely warms me up. I can feel the blood flowing around my body. So vacuuming for 30 minutes, which let's face it, most of us have to do that at some point during the week, don't we? So if you vacuum twice a week, or maybe you do 30 minutes a day of vacuuming anyway, then include that in your 60 minute per day calculation. Gardening, another great one. Stair climbing. And I know we hear this a lot, and it can sound a little bit trite and a little bit cliched, but do take the stairs instead of getting a lift or the escalator, do take the stairs. It all adds up. Now, the next thing I want to talk about when it comes to exercise is looking at what our goal is for our exercise. And really, my suggestion would be that our goal needs to be a desire to be fit and healthy over the long term. And when I say long term, I don't mean, you know, the next six months or next year. I'm talking for the duration of your life. (laughs) So here's my advice. Okay, look at how old you are now. So for me, I'm almost 38. Now, all of this obviously is with the caveat that um, God willing. So who knows how, how long we'll be on this planet for. We could we could die tomorrow in all honesty couldn't we we get run over by a bus we could be struck down by lightning jesus could return or whatever else but on the other hand we could live until we're 100 so let's just take as a moderate number for our life expectancy as say 80 years old let's just go with that figure 80 years old so you want to take where you are now whatever age you are now so for me 38 So potentially I've got another 42 years on this planet. Again, just to reiterate, if Jesus comes back, wonderful. But let's just go with 80 years old. So I've got potentially 42 years left on the planet. Now, do I want to be in a situation where I'm able to exercise really intensely for the next maybe five years? I've had a 17 year run already um, with my exercise. But let's just say if I was to continue training, doing marathons, ultra marathons at that kind of um, level of intensity and endurance and duration, let's say I only had five years left in me at that kind of level, then that means at age 42, 43, what am I going to do now then? Am I going to be consigned to just doing literally moderate walking with no possibility of doing anything more intense or would I be injured to the point that even things like gardening or vacuuming would be a real difficulty for me is that the kind of situation we want to be in I would suggest not which is one of the reasons why for me when I was doing say ultramarathon training in one year and I think it was what year is it 2013 to 14 in June 2014 I ran my ultramarathon and the whole year, the 12 months prior to that, I was running an average of a marathon, a 26.2 mile run every single month. Now, as it happened, I managed to 
remain relatively injury free. A couple of minor niggles in my lower back, but I was pretty much injury free. But here's what I found. I I definitely felt in my body, I was pushing myself to the limit. I had a sprained ankle that just came on out of nowhere, really. And I think that I was just really overexerting myself. And I definitely got the sense that if I was to carry on doing that for the next however many years, I would cause myself some serious injuries and problems. And on top of that, it takes a lot of time. It was pretty much this was before I was Christian um, and I was single and my business was doing well so I was working part-time hours so I had the time to train I had the time to dedicate to thinking about training and cooking the right amount of food for that that level of intense exercise and adequate recovery and things but um but I knew that that was unsustainable over the long term so after that period I took the decision to pretty much end my racing career if you like my endurance event career because I knew that I would run into problems and I see this all the time at the gym where I'm at I hear people and I see people that will go in hard with exercise they will do this intense bout they'll do huge endurance events and then they'll just get injured and then they're not able to do anything for six months a year maybe two years and I would much rather and wouldn't you rather just take things down a few notches and be able to exercise sustainably over the long term without being all consuming taking over your whole life but being both enjoyable moderate and sustainable over the long term so that would be my suggestion is that our goal needs to be thinking of the potential for the whole of our life so potentially a number of decades And then with that in mind, choosing our exercise and the amount of exercise we want to do according to that long-term plan. So here are some things that you could potentially do over the long term for decades. My suggestion would be definitely a certain amount of that 60 minutes per day should be walking because it's low intensity. It gets you out in the fresh air. It's wonderful. It's a great time to think, to appreciate nature. Walking is really probably hands down the best exercise that we could be doing and most people are able to do it. But also, if you're able to do things like cycling or even running, then that's great. But just bear in mind that you don't want to be doing this every day. So with me now, with my running, I will run three or four times a week at most, maybe six or seven miles at a time. But um, but yeah, and sometimes I will exercise more and other times I'll have take it back a bit and have more of a period of rest to make sure that I'm really not overdoing it but I would say that if you're overweight you probably don't want to be running I see a lot of people who are overweight putting themselves in for a race for life or a 10k race or even a half marathon and training and and really giving it their all and doing really well really persevering and and doing the event but again causing themselves injuries because we're not designed our bones our muscles our joints our ligaments are not designed to be doing that higher intensity exercise when we're carrying lots and lots of extra weight if you're a little bit overweight okay yeah fine maybe that that, that's a good idea but if you're a few stone overweight 
then I would definitely suggest not to be (laughs) taking up running as your exercise of choice. What's a better exercise if you want to take it up a bit cardiovascularly? Cycling. Cycling is a wonderful exercise, especially for people new to exercise because it's non-weight bearing. So you're not going to put as much strain on your joints, ligaments, muscles. You can do it pretty much every day. The recovery time is much, much less than things like running. And it's a wonderful calorie burner as well. So my suggestion, if you are carrying a bit of extra weight or you're new to exercise, take up cycling or swimming is another great alternative. Another really helpful tip I would give you is to not be concerned at all (laughs) with being slow or being competitive and comparing yourself to other people. Oh, this other person's much faster than me. They're much better than me. They do much more in the gym than me. They look better than me. All that kind of stuff, that comparison, that competition, that putting ourselves down is not helpful at all. As long as you are getting out there, doing things day to day, week to week, the consistency is much, much more important than whatever pace you're at. And I fell into this trap a few years ago. So at age 25, I ran, a, for me, I felt it was a really good paced marathon. I did Paris Marathon. I did it in three hours, 48 minutes. And I was really pleased with that. Uh, I managed to knock an hour off my previous time the year before. So for me, that was great. A few years after that, my pace started slowing up a bit. And in my own pride, I stopped running for a little while because I felt that because I was slowing down, that I was getting worse. And and people would look at me and say, oh, she used to be a fast runner, but now look at her, she's really slow. And so I stopped running and it was ridiculous. And then it suddenly dawned on me about a year later, having felt not as good I was missing the running because I used to enjoy running but but and I really felt I was missing it and it dawned on me that who cares who actually cares whether I'm a seven minute miler an eight minute miler a nine minute miler a 10 minute miler a 15 minute miler no one cares really and do I even care no no I would much rather go out and spend an hour in the fresh air. I live by the sea, so it's, you know, I've got some wonderful routes that I can go on. I when I go out early in the mornings, I see seals in the sea. There's birds in the in the sky. I can often see, you know, wonderful sun over the island out in the sea and it's just beautiful. And who actually cares whether I do that run in 60 minutes or 70 minutes? No one. So get over that kind of that thought process of thinking that you're slow or inadequate with your exercise, as long as you're doing something, then that's great. Another thing I would say to avoid is doing things like high intensity training, so HIIT training, and even things like CrossFit, all these fashionable things these days. They're just injuries waiting to happen. And again, I see it a lot with people in the gym who take up these high intensity things and they do it and they go in full on and then they injure themselves and can't do anything for months. I myself did, what's that program called? Insanity. Um, for a few months well I, I actually didn't do it for a few months I think you're supposed to do it for 60 days and bear in mind like I've been exercising for years and years I've got great muscle conditioning great muscle memory um, I'm fit I'm healthy I'm lean and I tried doing insanity and I think think I did it for about four weeks and then stopped because I could just feel my body getting fatigued and overloaded and getting niggling injuries and I thought yeah I'm going to do myself a proper injury here if I carry on doing that it's very intense and 
they bill it as being great for losing a load of weight, getting ripped and shredded and having, you know, really toning up and, and all that kind of stuff. Look, there's no shortcuts here when it comes to exercise and health. You just have to put in the work, but it doesn't have to be work. That's the thing. You just have to put in the time in an enjoyable and moderate way over the long term. I've probably said this before in a previous podcast, but I say it all the time anyway. You can't do health in an intense burst. So you can't expect to eat 100 apples in a day and that will just tide you over for the next year. No, you need to eat an apple a day for 100 days rather than doing it all at once and expecting the the positive results that eating that apple a day will bring. So we need to be thinking exercise consistently rather than intensity. Now, before I go into some practical tips for how to find 60 minutes in your day to do your exercise, I think it's worth saying at this point that whilst exercise is good and beneficial, what you eat is far, far more important than a rigorous exercise regime. So you really need to get your diet right first. And this is backed up by lots and lots of scientific studies. It's actually a myth to think that the problems we have in our society with obesity and heart disease and diabetes and lots and lots of other, uh, you know, lifestyle related diseases is down to a level of inactivity. It's not. The number one cause of obesity and disease within our society is dietary risk factors and if you look at the huge study that was conducted in 2010 on the global burden of disease what we see is that the number one risk factor contributing to death is diet dietary risks so getting our diet wrong um, and exercise all the way down at number five so we've then got smoking as number two we've got high blood pressure at number three which in all honesty is diet related generally then we've got high bmi body mass index which also is diet related and then physical inactivity or low activity comes in at number five so by far and away the most important thing involved in your health and keeping slim and preventing disease is the diet that you eat So in other words, you cannot exercise away the negative effects of a bad diet or smoking. So we really need to get diet nailed as number one and then exercise will follow that as a less significant thing. And this really explains why there's two types of people that really baffle us. The first type of person is the person you see at the gym all the time or you see out running or doing lots of exercise, lots of sport, and yet they're slightly overweight or maybe they're very overweight. And you think to yourself, well, they do all this exercise. How come they're not really slim? And the second person is the person that seems to do no exercise whatsoever and yet remains really lean, really slim or even really thin. And it's down to diet. And just to give you a bit of scientific backup on what I've just said here, there was a study done by M.M. Smith et al. entitled Unrestricted Paleolithic Diet is Associated with Unfavorable Changes to Blood Lipids in Healthy Subjects. Um, And this was in the International Journal of Exercise Science. And what they found from this was that the paleo diet, so this is a diet which is high in meat, and it's not a diet I would recommend. I would recommend a plant-based, more alkaline diet. And what this study found was that the paleo diet actually negates the positive effects of exercise on blood lipids. So in other words, 
you cannot out-exercise the paleo diet. The paleo diet is bad for your health and no matter how much exercise you do, it's not gonna produce great health. So the good news for us is that we don't have to put so much of a focus on exercise, but we can take control over what we put in our mouths and what we eat every day. And for us, if you're listening to this, then you're in a a position where you're eating every single day and you have total control over that. So you can make better health choices with your diet. You don't have to be trying to do tons and tons of exercise for great health. You simply focus more on your diet and that will work. The diet that I would recommend that will work to give you great health is a high starch, plant-based, alkaline forming diet. What is that? Well, it just means incorporating more fruits and vegetables, more whole grains, less processed refined foods, less fat, less protein, cut down the animal products, cut down the dairy products and the things with lots of toxins in and you're good to go. If you haven't listened to episode three, my interview with Dr. John McDougall, who's a real hotshot in this area, then go back and listen to that episode. Also on my website, laurarimmer.com, if you subscribe to my Optimum Health Scorecard, you will also get a video series which goes through the benefits of a plant-based alkaline diet and how to do it, how to get onto this path of eating more plant-based for great health. And of course, I couldn't mention the alkaline diet without talking about my book, which is called The Alkaline 5 Diet. It's got a 21-day alkaline diet meal plan and a proven seven point framework for optimum health healing and weight loss so um, you can get that from my website laurarimmer.com so now let's look at some practical tips for finding that hour a day to do your exercise and don't beat yourself up if you're not able to find an hour every single day or maybe it's 40 minutes a day or an hour four times a week that's fine we can work with that that that's absolutely fine that's going to be better than doing no exercise for sure but let's go with an hour as being a really great amount to do on a day-to-day basis well how can we incorporate that into our lives when we're busy when we've got jobs and we've got family we've got responsibilities and stress and things well I would say firstly the thing to do is to make it a priority because as we've seen, exercise is wonderful for bodily physical health, but also for mental health, for getting rid of depressive thoughts and potentially to prevent the onset of depression and as a really great stress reliever and a way to assimilate our thoughts from the day and and to kind of have a bit of downtime. It's great to put on those trainers and get out for a walk at the end of the day or halfway through the day at lunchtime. So when we make it a priority, it's going to make it much more likely that we're actually going to find that hour in the day because we find time for things that we enjoy and that we love doing and that we make a priority in our lives. If you have a TV and you regularly watch it, then may I suggest that you cut down on that TV watching and put your energies into doing some exercise instead because it's going to benefit you far more than catching up on that latest series or how about doubling up on activities and I'm a huge fan of this so if I need to watch some kind of video training as part of my business or if I'm learning some choir music or if I'm listening to a sermon I will go out and walk or run and do that at the same time so I'll double up and on the other 
side of things on the flip side when I'm at the gym I always think how can I be doubling up what can I be learning what can I be listening to and sometimes I will even take a book to the gym I will take a book and sit on the cross trainer for 30 minutes and read or I'll sit on a a bicycle at the gym with my phone and go through emails and answer emails and reply to emails so I'm doubling up on my time and I would suggest that you do the same because that can really mean that the exercise doesn't have to be an add-on, an extra hour in the day. It can be incorporated in the things that you need to do anyway. So if you have a period of time each day when you answer emails, can you do that on your phone? Can you go out and and exercise, walk, sit on a bike at the gym and, and do that, double up on your time? And the same with this podcast. So my hope is that you will listen to this podcast every week because I think you know, I believe that it will really help you in your life. That's my aim. That's why I've started this podcast. So if you're going to listen to this every week, do this when you're walking, do this when you're washing the dishes, when you're at the gym, when you're driving your children to school, stick it on in your car and you can for sure double up on activities. But um, yeah, add this in, use this podcast as a way to be doubling up with your exercise, walking the dog, all that kind of stuff. Okay, and the final thing that I would say around exercise is that we need to keep it in perspective. Yes, exercise is good. Exercise is healthy. It's beneficial. It's great in moderation. We shouldn't be doing too much. Too much will burn us out. It will mean that we'll probably get injured and not be able to do it over the long term. So we want to be thinking long term. We don't want to be doing too much. We don't want to be doing too little because that's also unhealthy. But we shouldn't be obsessed by it. And we should very much keep it in perspective. Because what do we need to keep fit and healthy for? Well, let's take a quote from Paul from 1 Timothy 4.8. And he says, For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So we need to be elevating our godliness way above us, our physical health. So our spiritual health is supreme. And I've talked about this in previous episodes, episode four. I talked about how we need to get our health in the right order. So we need to be focusing on spiritual health as number one, feeding down into our mental health being number two, and then our physical health being number three. So very much physical exercise should not be the be all and end all. Our spiritual health should be number Number one and certainly we shouldn't be obsessing over our body image and we shouldn't be obsessively doing sports and being super competitive and all that kind of stuff we should rather be training ourselves for for the life to come proverbs 24 5 says that a wise man is full of strength and a man of knowledge enhances his might so that what does that suggest that suggests that wisdom gives us strength wisdom gives us strength how cool is that so rather than going to the gym and pumping iron get wise read the book of proverbs put our trust in jesus that wisdom that comes from jesus will give us strength so it's not all about how much weights we can lift how many miles we can run it's about wisdom that will give us strength in life And if you're listening to this thinking that exercise really plays a huge part in your life and if you feel that, yeah, actually I probably am a bit 
obsessed by exercise and for me years ago I, I wouldn't say I was obsessed by exercise but it definitely took a huge huge priority in my life and I would definitely class it as what the bible calls an idol in my life so an idol is defined as anything that you place above God and as someone who wasn't putting my trust in God then exercise very much was an idol and I would say that that um if you don't know Jesus yet, then there is a strong possibility that something like exercise or sports could become a real idol in your life. And if you put your trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and if you love him, then he will set you free from that bondage. As I've experienced, I was set free from that bondage. So let's recap then on how much should we exercise for life and health on this topic today. So number one, Exercise is good, but in moderation. It definitely has benefits for our physical health, our mental health, our spiritual health. And we should be exercising optimally for around about 60 minutes a day. But that 60 minutes can include low level exercise. So things like walking, vacuuming, doing household chores and tasks, gardening. So it doesn't have to be, you know, running for 60 minutes. It can be relatively low intensity. And if you can't manage 60 minutes a day, then 30 minutes a day is a great starting point. Okay, the next point is that we need to be thinking long term. So forget about doing really, really high intensity stuff and then burning yourself out and getting injured. We want to be thinking, you know, how old are you now? How many years potentially do you have left on this planet? Um, And then adjust the amount of exercise you do and the intensity and things accordingly so we want to be strategic about how we're approaching our exercise with the desire and the goal of being able to exercise over the long term for the rest of our life for good health number three is that whilst exercise is great and important and beneficial, what you eat and your diet is supremely more important. So rather than just focusing solely on exercise for your physical health, also we need to be putting a a really high priority, in fact, a much higher priority on your diet and a plant-based alkaline diet. Certainly moving towards a more plant-based alkaline diet is going to be way more beneficial than than any exercise regime that you might do. Number four, some practical tips for being able to get that 60 minutes in every day is double up on activities. So if you're out walking, can you be listening to some kind of training program for for your work, some professional development? Can you be in the gym, sat on a bike, answering emails? Can you be learning things? Can you be exercising at home um, with some DVDs or some YouTube videos? I didn't mention this in the body of the podcast, but that's another thing put on a YouTube video at home and if you've got a spare 20 minutes in the middle of the day, add that in. And then finally, the fifth thing is that we need to keep it in perspective. Whilst physical training is of some value, training for godliness and spiritual things is far more important. So we need to be focusing on our spirituality and becoming wise because that's where our strength and our joy and our um, and our health, our ultimate health will come from. So I'm going to end with a couple of Bible verses. The first one is Isaiah 40, 28 to 31. Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He 
He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. And this final verse from 1 Corinthians, and this is Paul speaking to Christian believers, says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Thanks so much for listening to Eternal Health today. It was a pleasure speaking to you and I'll look forward to speaking to you again on the next episode. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Eternal Health Podcast. Go to laurarimmer.com to download your free Optimum Health Scorecard and find out your current health score, plus tips, coaching, and training on how to get slim, healed, and energized. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, and we'll catch you next time on Eternal Health.